0: SBS audio is supported by advertising.
1: Need a few minutes to reset? Great Minds is a podcast from SBS that guides you through different meditation styles from around the world. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Do you have the strength to seek help and get rid of that burden of your past? Or do you button it all down? ...and then keep the roads narrow and commit.
1: You don't own me, I'm not your property... ...so
2: take a shifty little me. When I go home, everybody has their eyes and their limbs... ...and everyone's going to go and read a book and go to sleep. Do you know what I mean? Welcome to Eyes on Gilead, our
3: weekly podcast dedicated to The Handmaid's Tale. There is a lot going on in this show... ...and we think it helps to talk it out after every episode... And we also think it helps to talk it out at the end of the season, because as you know, season two has wrapped up very dramatically, and it's available to stream in full at SBS On Demand. So this week, we've got a little bit of a longer episode of Eyes on Gilead, but don't worry, we're going to make it worth your while. Firstly, we're going to be looking back at our favourite story strands this season and speculating about where things might go as we await season three. And in some very exciting news, we are going to be joined by a very, very special guest, You know her as Aunt Lydia, last seen fighting for her life in Commander Lawrence's house. And we know her as Anne Dowd, Emmy winner and Emmy nominee. And she was in Australia earlier this week and very kindly allowed us into her apartment in Sydney's Coogee for an extended chat. And you will not want to miss that. I don't want to say we get some Aunt Lydia backstory, but I'm not not going to say that either. So I am Fiona Williams and I manage our online coverage of movies and TV here at SBS. And I'm joined by my colleagues and fellow resistors, Natalie Hamley, Managing Editor of SBS Life. Hi. Hello. Haiti Island, Content Programmer for SBS On Demand. Hi. Hello. And freelance journalist, Sana Kadar. Hello. Hello. We've done the recap of that finale. And we had a little bit of speculation about where that leaves things. But we thought now that, you know, we've had a bit of time to digest that, let's look back at this season and some of the best story threads and go back to some of those moments that we thought might become bigger, maybe didn't. And yeah, let's have a look at the season as a whole. So, Sana, what was your highlight this season?
1: Oh, my God. I mean, that is a really hard question to answer, (laughs) isn't it? I guess one of the scenes that jumps out to me when I think about what was sort of some of my favourites, is I can't remember what episode it was in, but it was June and Serena in the baby's nursery prior to Holly slash Nicole being born. And I don't know quite what they were talking about, but they seem to be like, you know, on sort of good terms. And then June asks to be able to see Hannah. And Serena sort of shuts down her niceness and goes straight back to evil, horrible Serena and and shuts down the possibility of that. And the pain on June's face and the pain on Serena's face and the way they're interacting, I just thought it was so beautifully acted. That that really stuck with me.
4: Mm. Heidi, what about you? Serena has been my highlight this season. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if that's an obvious choice. I think so. Just her character development and her relationship with June, Mm. that... Push, pull, love, hate, relationship and friend, and the, enemy,
1: front of me. Yeah, friend of me.
4: The way Serena has grown as a character that we empathize with as well as hate across this season has been the thing I've enjoyed watching the most.
0: Mm. Natalie? Well, I would extend on what you just said, Haiti, because mine is kind of similar, which for me, like the theme of the season now that it's over, is like No Girl Left Behind. Mm -hmm. And it has been not only in all the plot actions, but also I think in the way that they have changed Serena and Lydia and I think that we have got um, a bit of empathy for like every single woman in Gilead not just for June and not just for the handmaids and I really quite like how they've done that Hmm. and they've tricked me
3: yeah mine sort of feeds into that a little bit yeah it's it's just that very tiny glimpse we got of an Aunt Lydia backstory that I'm desperate Uh, to get Mm. but also this is very much June's story and I think that has gone into why she's (laughs) <laughs> she didn't get in that van, so she's still in Gilead, and and she's our every woman to follow this story. But yeah, I just love that some of the arch villains we could relate to. Everyone's is relatable on a level yeah. that yeah, I'm really responding to.
1: Although mm. I'd say so for the women in Gilead. Oh yeah, well, yeah. Waterford, uh, <laughs> I have
3: zero relation to him. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah, yes. No, I, I, I yeah, <laughs> the lady people, <laughs> women only. Yep. Yeah, women only. <laughs> so let's have a look at the character strands throughout here and how we feel people have developed or. Or not uh, mm-hmm. over the course of the season.
1: May I put up a hand <laughs> to chat about Nick? <laughs> <laughs> it's taking
3: you longer than I thought. Simon, yeah. Very restrained. <laughs> the floor haven't is I. yours.
1: Okay, so I thought he was so wonderful in that episode in Toronto, where he was so kind to Luke, Luke and then so kind to June afterwards, and sort of you know. We all know what he did. He was great. But I also, I'm still so confused as to what happened when he got taken away, bundled mm. into a car mm. by those eyes. And then See, I, yeah. I really
3: like that, that it doesn't
0: matter. Yeah. Like, you know? Really? I don't know.
3: To me, I feel like it. we did speculate about the wider plot and who it could have been, but I also think it, it actually just points to the general danger in Gilead yeah. of you constantly being suspected by people. Guardians have so much power. They can just bundle someone off. You know, I had my theories, All oh, it was Fred. Was it? For, no, it wasn't. Yes, it was. Um, oh, we had a, we had a lot of theories. We did. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> one thing we are not sure of is theories. is theories. But I think I've just kind of reconciled it in the absence of any other information that it was just a, a pointer to the general threat yeah. around. But right, okay. Anyone who's got better ideas and, a,
4: and an opportunity for Fred to show his power within Gilead in getting. Nick him back out? right you know, from wherever he had been taken.
1: I just always want to know more about what Nick's up to, so Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's all that
4: is. <laughs> I'm interested in though in where Nick's left at at the end of the season yes. because yeah. in my mind, Nick's put himself in a very difficult position, and he's revealed. I don't know how he comes back from Waterford. that. Yeah, we we were left with him basically threatening Fred in June's bedroom just after she had escaped and threatening him with a gun and saying that he really. You know, needed to stay where he was. He did it in a very
3: outside. in a very guardian way. So you know, it could have been it's a security threat out there. So you need to stay here. But
0: yeah, maybe like, Fred's clear to have not <laughs> <laughs> picked up on the threat. I well, yeah, know. because he does. He is pretty thick. Like you know, Nick <laughs> Nick is quite a blind spot for him. Yes, that's so true. Yeah. <laughs> and like, how can he not have picked up on the fact that like Nick and June have been sleeping together? That actually they're in love. I think he's even walked in on them when they were having like a close chat. Like when um when Fred found out that Eden had actually run off. It was Nick and June who were like sharing this lingering glance that he asked, What's actually going yeah. on here? And I'm thinking, you can see they've got a connection. Why would you still think that Nick is on your side or that he cares about you and, mm. and, or even a promotion here? You know, like, so it, is he that blind? Has his eyes finally been opened to Nick or not? I don't know.
3: Yeah, who knows? But I don't know whether he thinks it would be a genuine Nick's on my side, but more I'm so powerful, they need to be on my side mm. yeah. is more yeah, I think right. how he would interpret people who he probably doesn't trust but who he thinks he can help and who Fred is very they comfortable. need to know he can. Mm. Exactly. Mm. Power, yeah. isn't he? And
1: also yeah. he's just more preoccupied with controlling the women around him. I don't think he really mm. cares so much what mm. Nick's up to, perhaps.
4: Sort of the progression of Nick over this season has I think been one of him trying to help and helping in small ways where he can but ultimately the not being very effective.
3: <laughs> oh yeah, forgot yeah. about the letters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. did that at least. That, that is was one pretty thing great. He did.
1: Couldn't get June out, but could get the letters out. <laughs> but also could get
3: news from her loved ones That's back right. to June. Like he was very useful in that respect and lovely. Like it was a, it was a generous, genuinely yeah. nice
0: touch to do because he didn't have to. Yeah, I do. Like I really like. I really appreciate actually how. How much of a backseat Nick has taken yes. this season. Mm. I think that like which is I like think we've said before, it's very deliberate and I like it. But I like I like the presence he adds, the his absolute unwavering love and support mm. for June, which is like really, really nice. But there is, unfortunately, like um um men do take up a lot of room, I think, in T V shows. I think we do sort of notice what they do more. Yeah, they right. they always get more speaking parts, you know. Um, so I think it is a big decision in some ways to really make Hold them take a, a back seat and force that to happen. And we all automatically notice Nick all the time, you know. <laughs> Guilty. <that> I, <laughs> yeah. I just keep waiting
4: for him to die. Oh, God. No, I don't, no, I don't, I don't want him to Stop. die. I don't want him to die. Don't get me wrong. I just, I just keep seeing him as a dispensable character, which I think...
0: I have like written this whole future for him in my head oh my and God. yeah, We're he's going to yeah. so. <laughs> be like, he's like, he's going to end up in Canada and he and Luke are going to be, you know, fathering Nicole together. And it's, oh it's really sweet. <laughs>
3: All right. I'm going to put a stop to this one now because, um, yes, let's not focus too much on the guys in this episode. Um, Who else have we got to have a chat about? Well, I mean, we've sort of touched on Serena's arc over this. There was also the story, you mentioned it before, Sana, where um, we did see her get shot. And um, I read somewhere, Bruce Miller was saying a lot of people assumed that that was how she became infertile. Oh, that's exactly what I assumed. Really? Yeah, apparently not. Mm. That was, uh, they just wanted to wound her. Oh, that's and, um, so it's interesting. A hip injury or something like she's just infertile, like a lot of the other women are because of whatever okay, the yeah, no, I catastrophe
4: connected those. Ones. Yeah, no, I did remember too. guys, and, it's, it's um, the
3: it's the men that are
4: infertile. Yeah, oh, yeah no, right. she might be fertile. Oh, who it. knows? Um, if it's not, if she although, wasn't rendered infertile from that accident, maybe she is. Then wouldn't the wives have
1: dalliances with others to get pregnant and pretend it's? I guess so. I think, the think there's a
3: general fertility crisis, yeah, and it's yeah. just not solely the women who are responsible for that. Is kind of how I've.
0: Right. Yeah, I think the writers were shocked because they just understood that Serena was infertile and thought that we all knew that as well. And then we all thought she became infertile because of that shooting. But they, mm. like they made another error as well. That time when June was found on the ground outside, oh yes. yeah, bleeding, yeah. And we all thought like, did she fall from the window? Did oh yeah, jump what, what happened? She pushed, what? Yeah. And apparently she was just going for a, a walk. What? And Bruce Miller says it was a fault of the editing because oh. the last scene you saw her in her bedroom was her looking out the window. Exactly. And he mm. said they should have made it when she was walking away <laughs> from the yeah. window to go on her walk. <laughs> but, yeah, that was one. Because we when the does queen.
1: June get to go out on walks on her own? I thought she was totally confined to the house or. It-
0: It was
3: apparently because... In the
0: the grounds of the house. Her pregnancy was in danger and she was like a wounded animal who just wanted to go outside to die. It's a bit dark, isn't it? editing um, definitely. Oh, jeez. But, yeah, there was a bit of an editing error there. (laughs) Well, yeah, we did wonder. what, But also because the windows don't
3: open and, yeah, it just was open-ended there.
4: Uh, Getting back to Serena, I'm really interested to see what her reaction will be when June, we assume, returns returns and the baby isn't with her. Is she going to be angry now that June's like left the baby, that the baby's gone and she doesn't mm-hmm. know where it is? Is she going to change her mind and want it back in her control? Or is she going to understand what's happened and mm. side with June? I kind of feel like there's going to be a really big backlash. I think so And we're going so to see too. nasty Serena
3: again. Yeah, 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 for sure. And you know who I want to see? Her reaction to June still being there,
0: Rita. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) exactly. Yeah,
1: yeah. I want to see what Rita has (laughs) to say
3: about it.
0: I I really hope there's more Rita in season three. Like I'm so glad that the Martha's had their massive moment in the finale but I think possibly like one of the main regrets of season two for me is that we hardly ever saw Rita really. Like I think the small bits we did see were really, really good and I kind of wish we had more. I'm just. Glad I think she... it was intentional
3: that yeah. we had glimpses, and then she she was often in the shadows of the corridor, or that she was just kind of not lurking, but you know she was there, but to the side. Mm, yeah. yeah. So that that kind of pointed to her place, and then I'm going to actually rewatch the series. Oh wow. um, good on you. Just <laughs> to see, not immediately, but, <laughs> but certainly <laughs> prior to series three coming on board. But yeah, just to sort of see how Rita has been used in the oh, lead up yeah. to mm. that big reveal at the end.
4: It definitely made that reveal more impactful, the fact that she had been in the shadows for mm. the whole season. Maybe we'll see more of her in the next season. I mean, out of anyone, she seems to have covered her tracks quite well in this latest yeah. rebellion. I don't think anyone's necessarily going to be able to pin it back on the Marthas. Only Serena.
3: She knew, or did, could she see that Serena Martha didn't up in see the tree. Martha
4: Not, that, that was hiding around the corner
0: ready to meet June. I don't think Serena saw her. Yeah, mm. I, think she I was wondering if um, Serena was going to blame Fred because he's unable to keep his household safe and she could now blame the fact that now her baby is gone because Fred doesn't know what Serena did Mm. and if that's going to be her revenge. Mm. She's got to put that anger somewhere and she doesn't have June her punching bag there. So Mm. who's going to actually cop it next? Her position in Gilead
4: relies on Fred's position in Gilead though. If he's brought down then who knows what happens to Serena. I, is, think, is, I think they're locked into a relationship that they hate but they have to continue <laughs> in this relationship because
3: that's their role in Gilead. And the law doesn't allow for divorce, I can't imagine. And we saw the well, it was Marisa Tomei went to the colonies for being unfaithful, didn't she? Yeah, that's yeah. right.
1: I think overall, for season three, I imagine we're going to continue to see the slow disintegration of Gilead or, you know, things spinning out of control more. But it's often sort of in the dying throes of a regime that you see some of the worst violence inflicted. So I think the violence ain't going to go anywhere. And we've sort of seen that reflected just in Fred's household as well. The more he loses control over his women, the more violent he becomes towards Serena particularly. Mm -hmm. So first, you know, whipping her and then chopping off her finger kind of thing.
3: And we've seen open conflict between commanders and their wives beyond that as well. I mean, the house of Lawrence and his wife, who I'm very intrigued by. I want to know exactly where she stands on his changes of heart. But yeah, like it's not just simmering tension anymore. Like there is outright hostility within the households of Gilead. Currently it's still being contained to the households of Gilead, but when the wives showed up in the council chambers like that, that's public displays of tensions. And that's and firm
1: believers publicly displaying tension. Because yeah, previously yeah, we've a, had, you know, the handmaid that blew up that centre that Fred was yeah, opening.
3: Yeah, So we've seen, you know... And Emily taking the well, car. Exactly, and, but you <laughs> that oh gosh, them gosh there, Emily you know, taking the, the car, I
0: forgot yeah. about that. Mm, that was amazing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but this is the first time we've seen, yeah, the wives who are supposed to be firmly sort of in love with this world they've created. Mm. Mm.
4: Less than There are now Mm. no women left in Gilead who aren't rebelling in some way. Aunt Lydia. Lydia. (laughs) (laughs) Aunt Lydia's not. Yeah, let's talk about Aunt Lydia. That's that's (laughs) a good point. Any excuse. Aunt Lydia's a funny one because she's really one of the only people within this Gilead world who isn't bending the rules or making exceptions. She's really sticking to them, isn't she, In in the way that she... Dolls out punishment on the Mm -hmm. handmaids and keeps them in line and I mean she's doing that from a place of protection as well as a place of cruelty you know she's she'll cut off a handmaid's hand to stop her going to the colonies for something else you know what I mean in her (laughs) mind she's protecting that handmaid but she really sticks to
3: the rules where no one else does is that yeah she's like a true believer yeah I think so and even in Going against Serena to send June back to the household, it was for the benefit of a baby, mm. and we had that minute glimpse at her backstory where yes. she's feeling guilt mm. about the death of her nephew. She's saying she's not feeling guilty about it, but, <laughs>
0: <for sure. laughs> but it's happening.
3: Yeah, so you know the well-being of children is is her motivating force there.
0: Mm. I think that Lydia will be alive in season three. Yeah, be be curious to see how she feels. My fear is that. Knowing what we do know of her is that she will see that she failed. she wasn't harsh enough you know she might it mm. might actually she might actually think that it wasn't just Emily being that that one crazy handmaid that you know clearly she needs to send a firm message so i don't know I wonder yeah. if this will solidify her even more on her cruelty well also Emily was brought back
3: from the colonies like she had been dealt with, but it was really just as a result of the bomb blast they were numbers were down, so they had to bring some more back so um she may live to regret her um, decision to.
4: Yeah, I can't imagine them we'll have a, a broken Aunt Lydia next season. I think she'll come back with more force. I mean, she's literally been stabbed in the back by one of her handmaids. <laughs> she's she's not in control of her handmaids anymore, and she'll need to get them in yeah. control again.
0: As shocked as I was to see Lydia stabbed in the back, um, and that I did feel a bit bad for her. I'm so glad that one of the handmaids actually really did promptly fight back (laughs) in sort of like a a bloody brutal matter, like manner, um, because it wasn't for June to do. So um, I'm glad Emily who has just been (laughs) put through the ringer in season two. Um, I'm really glad that she got to have that moment.
4: Mm. I mean, we assume she's going to escape. So it's not like she's, she's gone through that and then had the retribution sort of doled out on her. She's
3: well, she's until gonna get I a, see her across she's the border get <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and in civvies. Exactly. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the grand hope, isn't it? That she's yep. got they got the baby and they're getting across the Oh, my the God. Is
1: Luke going to raise ooh, baby ooh, Holly got that, slash yeah. Nicole now? Is
4: I had questions about this. Does Emily know who Luke and Moira are? Is yes. there a way for her to find them? She knows. It's
0: kind of like, does she? We know, well, that, we, like, we know that she knows. She'll figure it out. <laughs> all the Handmaids were having a chat in the finale and they clearly chat a fair bit because June knew Emily's son's name mm. and knew right, that, yes. knew that um, his, his birthday. birthday was coming up. And I'm thinking they're clearly talking mm. about each other's lives. Mm. I'm pretty sure Emily already knew Moira anyway, didn't she? Did she? She knew Moira, yeah. So I had this okay. whole thing of like um again my future planning in canada i'm assuming <laughs> yeah i'm assuming that the baby is going to luke to look to look after oh my and God. um
3: oh uh, well, emily hopefully she might find her wife and son as well but yeah, if it's june's
1: child i'm sure luke would want to yes, have a hand yeah,
3: and-, yeah. Um, and i mean little america that has the folders of missing women and missing children and and Unfortunately, the bodies of the found Yeah, that ones. was horrifying, wasn't it? It was, yeah. But Luke and Moira are always there for every update on yeah. news from Gilead. Mm. So, I mean, there's this sort of collective there that if and when there's news, people swarm <laughs> to
0: yeah. find it out. Like Luke is such a good dad. I think we've seen that a lot in season two. Every mm. single time, because I was wondering for a while there whether they were trying to paint him into being... Like not an evil character, but you know, not a very nice one because he cheated on his previous wife. And I thought, what are they doing with his storyline? Are yeah. they like trying to shade Luke? But no, um, he's just been sort of consistently a really nice dad. And yeah. so I'm like, I would really love to see <laughs> him take on a caring role again. Emily, seriously, she has to reconnect with her own child, and yeah. she's, mm-hmm. she's yeah. got yeah. some trauma to deal with. Yeah, you can't exactly. have like you know dealing with I mean, a, a newborn <laughs> when you're dealing than with you all of that. Luke would love
1: to have. June's child safe with them surely
3: and the Luke and Moira storyline so as we said they haven't had a lot to do and the absence of having anything to do they have a malaise and that really points to the survivor's guilt that they feel so Emily's probably going to have some of that as well going on up there
0: when Nick saw Luke in Toronto and then he came back and told June that he had seen them knowing that Moira had escaped and that Moira and Luke were living together they provided some life and some fight in June that she really really needed Mm -hmm. And so I, I'm hoping now that like Emily and Nicole have escaped, that Moira is going to be inspired, and I'm I'm hoping that season three is like just Moira kicking up some trouble. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. and I
3: think Emily's going to have a role in that as well. Like we've seen the kind of fighting that she yes. can do, and we haven't seen a lot of that in Canada yet. So if she gets up there and she gets together with Moira, and yeah, I think she can really agitate for some for some pushback.
4: Yeah, and we also haven't seen how Luke's feeling now that he's come into contact with Commander Waterford and he knows who he is. You know, he has a target now, he knows where June is, and it sort of will be interesting to see if that spurs him into some kind of action.
0: He'll have a lot of nappies to change, though, so I just don't know if he's going to have the time, <laughs> <you know? laughs>
3: Too funny. So we've spoken about Aunt Lydia, but how about we speak to Aunt Lydia? Because Anne Dowd, Aunt Lydia herself, is currently in Sydney and in a coup for Ivan Gilead. We are sitting down and having a chat with her. Emmy winner and 2018 Emmy nominee, Anne Dowd. And Dowd, welcome to Eyes on Gilead. Thank you uh, so much. We can't
2: tell you what a thrill this is. Oh, um, it's a thrill to be amongst you. <laughs> what a great name of your podcast, Eyes on Gilead. Really good. Thank, Thank you. Far too kind. And we're all on our best behaviour being here in you the better presence be. of Aunt Lydia. Yeah. No, she's <laughs> going to be nice. She's tired today.
3: So we have... Obviously all just seen the season finale of season 2 and that scene with Emily
2: after all I've done for her
3: <laughs> I mean it's great to see you up and about obviously yeah. we're all very happy about that and now can you confirm that you are coming back for season 3 I really can <laughs> Damn.
2: Yeah all right, all right. that's I've got I've gotten a letter
3: don't know <laughs> okay and if you do we'd like to speculate on how that might change aunt Lydia
2: but, yeah, but we'll wait what a good you question can... I would I was thinking that too if I live will I turn mm. into or will I just track that girl down? Yeah, <laughs> hot foot it to Canada. But, and also, she's such a sweet, sweet person, Alexis, and shy, and and she wouldn't hurt a flea. So to get her to even shove, you know, it's, <laughs> we have a huge, fantastic the head of the stunt, which she's amazing. And if I were more awake, I could say names, but you should check the names because they deserve credit. She's shockingly good, mm. and she do every stunt. You know, you do it in bits and pieces. Not to give it away, take the fun out of it.
1: No, it's fascinating.
2: (laughs) But I had a couple of days of training, and I I had a harness, you see, because when you're thrown over that balcony, Mm. they Mm. have built it. They're amazing. And just in Handmaids, what they come up with, it's so gorgeous. I never know if they get a shred of the credit they deserve (laughs) because they, they had worked it out and built stairs wide enough so that I could roll down and hold on. And the stunt people are so committed. We had a great Australian guy, Dean, here for helping us. And Lambs have got a lot. We needed it. They're just, that's their life. They love it. And you'd think they were eight years old, the way they throw themselves. (laughs) It's like, you know what? I think you're over 25. Cool. They're right in there. And they are thrilled by it. And they want us to be safe. So that she explained to me how I had to snap the neck and then how I had to stretch make sure because after a while you're, ne- you're like, Hey, you know what? I think we've got it. No, we don't. We have. <laughs> uh, and the director, Mike Barker is phenomenal. He's like, he, I can't get over him, his energy, his commitment, his excitement. And he was very interested in getting this right. And so he called weeks before we shot it and talked me through and Colin Watkinson, our, our DP, it's everybody working in sync to make sure it, it plays uh, and then, of course, makeup coming in with the blood, and oh my god! <laughs> but sweet Emily, what I'm trying to say, Alexis, lovely person, lovely actress, she would sort of push. I'd say, babe, she would. Say, I hurt you. I said, I give it a good shove.
1: <laughs> Which,
2: everybody's okay here, you know. She just is that sweet nature, you know. <laughs> So that was that was very interesting, and then kicking down the whole thing, vicious, wasn't it? Vicious, very vicious. Yes, she had a little pent up anger there, I think. I think so. <laughs> and from such a quiet character, hmm. or I don't know, she's quiet, but and then to her, that rage just. Understandably so. <laughs> and how about uh, that creepy commander guy I know. who ends up saving them?
1: <laughs> exactly. I love it. There's You're a Swiss as we were.
2: <laughs> I know, and it, when it, he was wonderful. Was he? Oh, yes, because he came down and, you know, we shoot it in parts, not always in sequence, as you know, even a scene, parts of the scene, because he's upstairs coming down. And he walked down, looked at her, and I thought, oh, God, who's this weirdo? I don't mean the actor, of course, I love him, (laughs) but just thinking, wait a second, and then out comes sweet Martha Mm. missing an eye. What? Mm. (laughs) What's this man up to? Where's the wife? What's this terrible artwork on the, what's going on? I, do they show Lydia looking back in through the door?
1: Yes, 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 they yeah, did. all perplexed and yeah. kind of freaking yeah, out. Yeah, what yeah. the hell was that? But we
2: laughed out loud doing it. It's like she, she laughed and thought,
3: hmm,
2: we have another look in there. Because <laughs> um, you almost couldn't get out of there quick enough. It was like you, you know when well, you don't want he to. Wanted, yeah, well, <laughs> I want to stay, but he was just so like, okay, out you go. yeah, yeah. yeah. Where's Where's Missus? Like to have a little chat. Well, yeah, that was a, that was very very fun. It's all fun to shoot. Is it? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, it's great. I mean, I I always hesitate to say this because I feel terrible, but we're acting. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so jumping in with all you've got is a privilege, a joy to do. When I go home, everybody has their eyes and their limbs. And everyone's going to go and read a book and go to sleep. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The, we do not suffer the consequences. <laughs> we tell the story, which is why we're able to commit and jump in. I mean, if you say, how does it go between takes? Well, it depends on the scene itself. If it's one of those terribly sad scenes, maybe, uh, maybe not going to make it. Oh. You know, then you, 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 in between takes, you're private and quiet and staying in the space and so on. But there's a lot of humor. Plenty of humor. And Elizabeth Moss is, is a joy and funny. There's quite a bit of fun and nonsense that goes on. You don't go method on set in No, no, um, no, no, I can't. Sometimes when I'd come home, I... <laughs> oh, they're not here, good, I can say. <laughs> uh, I would go into my son's room, the littlest one. What do I see on the floor? What is that over there? And they'd look at me like, mm. Don't even, (laughs) you know, it's not that I let my child, I mean, I have my own sense of discipline, but sometimes the voice would drop a little and I think, eh, this is not working. (laughs) Leave her, leave her at work. Read the room.
4: (laughs) It's been fantastic watching Lydia and Emily and Serena's journey and growth this season, and it's also fantastic to see all three of you nominated
2: for Emmys oh, this year. How and I want fortunate. to congratulate you. Thank you um, I'm just for your thrilled. award last year and your nomination this year. Oh, it's fantastic to see. I'm very grateful, honestly. It's such a wonderful at the end of to you know and and that Yvonne and Alexis and, and Samira in the yeah, guest category, yeah, as a, as a guest yes. and Bruce Miller, our writer who's <laughs> yes. oh. oh. And Elizabeth Moss. And Elizabeth, <laughs> oh, yeah, of dear Elizabeth. And Joe Fines. Yeah, yes. Isn't that nice, you so know? Many. That's got to be hard on the men because... Yeah. And he is the loveliest. Is he? Oh, he's such a fine human being. <laughs> oh, I adore him. He's funny. He's supportive. He's kind. He's a loving father and husband. Nothing... You can't say one thing about that guy. Because it's
1: not a lovable character in any <laughs> oh, in he's, he's, he's doing the a fantastic the earth. Job.
2: <laughs> But he is such a sensational human being and wonderful, wonderful actor. And the men... You know, always being so supportive and not always in the best position. Well, not that Lydia's a saint, hello. (laughs) Um, But I'm very happy for for Joe. And you know, this whole thing with the time's up and all very important, all very important. The goal would be, wouldn't it, that we're on an equal playing field and that we respect one another. Uh, The amount of sexual harassment and abuse is shocking. I don't understand it. Mm what What does it do for a human being to mm. to mistreat another or to force another male, female into some i don't understand the chemistry of that, and someone said, well it's power. I still can't grasp what that means. What is power? Mm. what, what you, can, you can harm another, you can humiliate or, or abuse another, and that gives you a sense of power. Mm-hmm. so I can't speak to that because I don't understand it, but the point I was beginning to make was that. Over, and let's hope we get there, there has to be a balance. We can't do it without men until we get to the root of why is this happening? Surely it can't be in the DNA. Mm-hmm. Do you know? There's got to be a reason. And uh, until we can come to some understanding of it and I don't know, then, then I, I don't know what we can do. I mean, this movement is massive mm-hmm. and, it's, and money is being put, which to me will make the difference supporting people, women primarily, and men who can't afford to quit their jobs because they have an abusive boss because the children are at home. And so support there and and shining a light on it uh, is hugely important.
1: Is is Hollywood
2: changing, do you think? Have you seen any change? Well, this sounds terribly cynical, but I think it'll scare a few people. Mm. Well, in America, in Hollywood, you asked, Mm. certain actors, some we knew, come on. And let's not pretend we didn't all, all right. know. Like, ooh, and the, and the people around Weinstein should, should pick their penitentiary and go there. Yeah. Because mm. don't pretend you didn't know. Did you even hear stories about Weinstein? Of course. Really? Everyone did.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Everyone knew. Mm. There's no question about it. And that he's finally out. I think it will give people pause, significant pause, because there's now a, a real penalty attached. Some actors whose careers are done. Uh, so I, I find the whole thing very complicated and strange. I
1: mean, well, it's interesting to hear and doubt the feminist thoughts on all of this, when Aunt Lydia is most definitely not a feminist.
2: (coughs) She's not a feminist, but she wouldn't tolerate (laughs) sexual abuse. Right. In her understanding of it. In her understanding. She
1: tolerates the rape of... Yeah, I mean, that
2: to her in her misguided way is so that we can move forward with God's plan, which is to bring babies into the world. Uh, And it should not be sexual. Yeah. If she knew, and I think she suspects, but if she knew the nonsense that was going on around this act of rape, that's what yeah. it is, I think she would be enraged. And people have asked about power for Lydia. I don't think it's about power for Lydia right. at all. I do think, I mean, if you imagine her past, what is it? I don't know. Bruce Miller mentioned she was a teacher which made tremendous sense. Can't you just see her mm. in an all-girls school, say? Yes,
1: uh, I, heard, I imagined her as a headmistress. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh,
2: or a, um, even in a public school, because perhaps she couldn't get the job in the ever and being mocked all the time. Yes. All, there goes the hag. Yep. Oh, where's the Bible? Uh, and for whatever reason that she lives so close to the narrow road, did she have sex and get pregnant and oh, lose yeah. the baby and beg God on her hands and knees, I will never let you down, just get me through? You know, people, Constitution, ones, plays a huge part, I think, in how we proceed. Mm-hmm. Do you have the, the strength to seek help and get rid of that burden of your past? Or do you button it all down and then keep the roads narrow and commit? She honestly looked around the promiscuity mansion The language, the birth rate dropping, God's gift of nature and the beauty of this not being destroyed carelessly. world has gone crazy. And I imagine those early meetings of Gilead, you know, um, meet at such and such church basement where it all (laughs) happens Mm. and saying, you know, cut me in. I know how to teach. I know how to organize. Yeah. Uh, I know what's important. I know what's right. As the meetings and and, and then she became part of the inner circle, I would think. But of course, but the important point here is she signed up for something she believes in. And then going to these ridiculous parties with the wives.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't sign up for that. Yeah.
2: I have a dorm room, thank you very much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a twin bed and a lamp, not for reading. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And to think, wait a second, what is all this? this liquor being passed around and the dresses and this and that? And these ridiculous, I am shooting those scenes with the baby shower oh. <laughs> and those big giraffes and things what kind of nonsense is this <laughs> all that excess It's like yeah. that's not what we discussed yeah.
1: this wasn't by the, the way show. you
2: should all be in the barracks
1: right so it sounds like you really empathize with her position right now and i mean like because yeah, i've yeah. heard you say that you don't um judge the characters you play and that's you know quite hard with lydia she's pretty horrible so like what part of her do you like or connect to or oh i
2: love her do you oh yeah now I probably said all this, probably bored senseless, I'm sure. I'm just no, repeating not at myself. All. Well, again, the job, of course, the biggest job is not to judge because if you judge, like in a friendship, it ends, doesn't it? The relationship, not going anywhere. Mm. Even the strangest characters in our lives, as we've grown older and looked back, the odd aunt and uncle who you thought, ah, oh, you look at it in a different light because you bring compassion to the mix. I think of the question who hurt her? Yeah.
3: Yes. Which someone
2: yeah. asked once, profound question, who heard her? We've all wondered. And uh, someone did, probably more than once. Uh, you know, again, I, I tell personal stories and I think afterwards, oh, uh, <laughs> but I have a very dear relative who is a very conservative Catholic, uh, very and we used to come to loggerheads about it. Is that a phrase you use in Australia? Yeah, yeah. yeah. definitely. Ah, you guys have all of them. <laughs> I, I'm going to take home some. I'd love them. Are you up? Oh, as, they're crazy ones. Yeah, <clears throat> they're great. I hope you're not up at sparrows. As sparrows as oh, oh, sparrows, on, I yeah. That one. yeah. Is it at, at sparrows or as? Spot is where it comes from. I know, but I don't say that last <laughs> yeah, part. Sparrows. What does that even mean? At sparrows, at yeah. early in the morning.
1: Uh oh. Okay.
2: So then I would say, well, I hope you're at possums. <laughs> 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 um, yes, who's very far to the right? So anyway, he would go on and on. And I, being young, took him on. Instead of realizing, first of all, and he has, uh, I think, a a challenge, emotional challenge. And so the thing to do there is not to engage, of course, right? Mm -hmm. Just to agree to disagree. But then over time, he came to the door once, and his father had died, and he was crushed. And he had that look of loss and grief in his eyes. It broke my heart, and I thought, I will never judge him again because wherever that hurt is or whatever keeps him safe from losing it in a complicated world is his business. And so Lydia, I don't know what that is. But she believes this is the best, this is your only chance, girls. Mm-hmm. The world has gone to hell and you had reckless lives. You don't realize it, you will though. And I'm here to help. And I will do whatever it takes to get you to a place of acceptance where you have a chance to live a good life. Now, the, the, the thing that's going to challenge her is that she loves them, and when you love someone, then the walls begin to crumble, don't they? And you begin to understand, oh, that's not what they want, is it? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's complicated.
3: Mm. Um, I think we also got a glimpse of that in season one with The Banquet, where um, yes. you you had all the all your girls up there lined up to have their moment, but Serena comes along and Picks out the bad apples from the top of the basket. Yeah, you look genuinely crushed in that scene of Janine. Yeah, you know, even though you're responsible for the plucking out
2: of the eyeballs that made <laughs> <laid laughs> her. <out> myself. <laughs> exactly. <clears that. throat> yeah, <clears throat> yeah, that was uh, that was a, that was very uh, such a good idea on the writer's part. It always starts with the writing, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm. Yes, that was fantastic. The outrage. What? You, and you know, at that time, I would, I would say to Bruce, "What's the story on that? Do we? You know, who, who is the who? Who's higher up on the ladder? Is it Serena or is it?" Me, don't go by the way we're dressed, if you would. Uh, and it wasn't clear at the time, mm. Mm. so I could have challenged it and said, "Excuse me, come over here. It's like I've got a louder voice than you do,
1: little
2: <laughs> witch." However, <laughs> to keep peace, and we're about to present to another government, and we're trying to bring the world in, so on. We're going to keep things, you know. But now, of course, with Serena Joy having the baby. Everyone bow to the queen. Mm-hmm. be different. Yeah. Although Lydia surely does try to influence. Put the cigarette out. Get it done. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah
2: exactly. And the reason to, it, it's not good for the baby if you mistreat it, Just get that straight. Yeah. That's not going to help anyone. Yeah. So grow up. Mm-hmm. But I met with Janine. I often thought that Sweetland, she's lovely. That actress. Mm-hmm. Oh, adore her. Love her work. I don't think Lydia misread that situation, because she said "fuck" twice. My mm-hmm. presence. So she's not getting it. Mm. And I think to teach everyone a little lesson here, I think she made a snap decision and the eye went out and I think there's regret on, I'm guessing. That's no funny, we that. talked about that yeah. as well. Mm. Speculated well Because uh, afterwards, she can't manage this. Yeah. Mm. She doesn't have the constitution. This little girl's as frail as they come. It was all b- talk. Yeah, bluster. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And when she, all the boys that took advantage of her, whose fault was it, whose fault? Uh, really, not hers. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Too many things led to her. And so to keep a close watch on her
1: mm-hmm. and
2: keep her keep her sick, come on, honey, you're doing very well now. I'm going to give you a <laughs> little something. Just...
1: Um, we talked about sort of Aunt Lydia, what what caused her pain in her life, you know, that makes her act the way she acts now. Do you think we'll get more of a backstory on Lydia? I mean, we're all desperate, desperate to know. So you my. know? I
2: don't know. And, you know, it's funny. I, I don't know if this is old school or just the way things are because have to trust the writers and out of respect for their tremendous talent I don't ask ah okay I don't ask I trust their decisions even though I want more of Lydia and mm-hmm. have her yeah, yeah. be yes. more involved in this scene and that and get her <laughs> yeah. back in there <laughs> what and, does
3: Lydia think of this <laughs> yeah
2: let, let her be sitting there while Serena Joy does her this with that and Elizabeth and everything mm. but that's not really my place is right.
1: it? because we've had the slightest glimpse of a potential past where she mentioned her nephew dying and it wasn't her fault, but she clearly feels guilty.
2: Yeah, that just crushed (laughs) her. Mm.
1: Yeah,
4: So much about what is engaging in this series are the connections that we have with the characters. It is all about the empathy that we feel for characters like Lydia and Serena who are bad or evil in so many other ways. And in a similar way, I guess the empathy that those characters themselves feel in
2: this Cruel world. Like it's, it's all about the connections when I'm Isn't watching that it. It's extraordinary what happens at the end. <clears throat> that Serena Joy, because firsthand she experiences the absurdity of what mm. the spanking, excuse oh my me, God, I know. Yeah. Yeah. the losing of her pinky. Mm. Don't think she ever expected that. <laughs> and to see the, just because, you know, suddenly a baby comes into her life, so the world is opening, and you want for your child, you do anything for them. So, again, it pushes Mm. against all those walls. How she ever got started in the first place, like a (laughs) conversation I'd like to have with
4: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we've definitely been seeing the cracks in Gilead beginning to emerge in this season, and characters like Serena and Fred are really pushing up against the Gilead way for their own advantage in different ways. But Aunt Lydia seems the one that's least willing to compromise the Gilead way. Is she one of the last remaining idealists in Gilead, or is she just better at hiding the pragmatism that the other characters are
2: showing? That's so interesting. I think she keeps her life very simple and doesn't give in to distraction. Absolutely not. We had to knit for this show, present show here, which is wonderful. Now my daughter and her boyfriend, everyone's knitting (laughs) knitting, it's the best. It's very calming. Uh, I used to wonder, what does Lydia do when, you know, she she goes and she has the the cafeteria meal with the other aunts. She's probably a loner, Then she likes many of them because they're silly and annoying, or whatever they are. You know, love to chat. Stop it. We're not here to chat. Stop it. She's a monk-like person in a way, And, and she goes out to do her job in the day and then comes home, has her meal, takes her bath or whatever, reflects on the day, what did I do wrong? What could I do better? Who worries me? Who do I need to pay more attention to? Who needs a little talking to on the side? Uh, I think she thinks a lot about Alfred because I can't quite figure her out. You know, early on, Alfred and Moira, I couldn't read them, you see. Janine was an open yeah. book. <laughs> Others of them are followers, you see. So you scare them into submission, they're going to pay attention. But then there's the little Alfred there and Moira and Emily. And they're going to do what they're asked to do. I see them complying. I mean, they were obviously, you know, when they tried to kill the aunt in the bathroom And this now, I thought, oh, excuse me. But, but I can't track them because they're doing what they're told. But I know deep down it's all about, I don't buy this. I will not allow this. Mm-hmm. I will survive this and you will not win which is a very unnerving thing. Because mm-hmm. what are you punishing them for? They're doing what they're asked to do.
1: Mm.
2: And I, of course, punished Offred a few times. when I going to have a little zap or whatever <laughs> we're do. But then, of course, she comes to love Offred mm. and to admire her resilience and her strength. You see, my daughter was very upset that, I am sure she doesn't mind me saying, she might, she's much more private than I, that Offred doesn't leave the end, that she doesn't, get out, Mm. and try to get her daughter from the outside. But I said, as a mother, you don't leave. Mm. Mm. I mean, your child's there, you're gonna find a way. So I think Lydia, on some level, has to see the love that these poor women have for their babies. Now, she's convinced herself that they're not fit to raise the babies. That clearly they need to be brought up in a God-fearing, God-loving home, which is the commander's wife and the commander. But that has to somehow weigh on her. You know, there's a prayer, which I believe is her credo, which is, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will set your path free. In other words, if Lydia does get tempted to worry about the mother being separated from her own baby, no, no. Don't lean on that. Lean on the bigger picture, which is we need to bring healthy, God-loving children into this world. These girls fell off or and weren't, weren't, they're not with in a stable home. They can't possibly raise their children, do you know? Mm. Mm. Yeah.
3: And I'm, I'm fascinated this year particularly, what it was like for you when Michelle Wolfe made those comments at the um, White House Correspondence Dinner and Aunt Lydia you know, Your character tipped over into the political discourse and was compared to Sarah Huckabee Sanders, of course. What was your response to that immediately, seeing all that play out? Well, um, I was actually
2: watching it. I yep. thought, and are were you, you kidding me? I just happened to turn it on. It happened to be on. Yeah. I, I didn't really know about the correspondence dinners. Mm. Oh, my God, who in their right mind would show up? <laughs> I don't get that. Really? you got to know you're going to get nailed. Yeah. I mean, Trump. Of course, he wouldn't ever put himself in that no. situation. He did once, and that was enough. Right. Um, I made a response, and I thought about it for a while because it was asked in some paper at home. I essentially said, Lydia can't bear confusion and nonsense. Right. So she would not have taken the job in the first place. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. She would see this man is not in control. I'm not going to be the spokesperson for this. Mm-hmm. And secondly, <laughs> Lydia has the comfort of believing that whatever she does is in service to God. And Huckabee has no such luxury. I I feel two things. I think, Huckabee, what are you doing, hon, now?
1: Mm -hmm.
2: What are you doing? Why are you in that job? You're a very bright person. You've got your mother. Use your gifts in a much more positive uh, contribute Mm
1: -hmm. instead
2: of, I don't know, can you imagine that job? I can't. And, and, and that a woman is in that position. It's, yeah. yeah. It's painful. And I watched them on The View once, she and her father. And I love them on The View. They push. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I can't think of her name because literally I'm too tired, but I love her. She really pushed said, well, but wait a second. You hear the groping and what he's done and so on. How do you, how do you, make, how do you accept that? Mm-hmm. And then work for the man. And somehow they laughed or talked around it. Mm -hmm. I don't get it, and I'm, I guess, disappointed. Who who cares if I'm disappointed? But the point is, why are you doing that job, hon? Mm -hmm. Now, on the other hand, I don't believe in hurting others. I don't want to make fun of her Mm -hmm. personally. I will vote, do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I don't like the idea of shaming someone. It's just not, forgive me, kind, even though I think what she's doing is Mm -hmm. absurd. Mm -hmm. And she could be doing much better work elsewhere. But I made that comment that I made, trying not to personally insult her. Mm-hmm. But then a paper came back and said, "I never look at social media. I don't know how to do it anyway." But Facebook, <laughs> I just can't. Who has time? <laughs> but I agree. I'm shocked by that, people. Oh, you have fifty-four notices for what? <laughs> I don't know these people. I'm nothing against them, but I haven't got time. But my, my children, how how you do? not you don't you work? <laughs> but anyway, it translated in saying how I. I thought that Sarah Huckabee was, was some huge insult, worse than Lydia, or some, some insult. Mm. I was wow. tempted to respond mm. to that, to say, I didn't say such a thing, and I wouldn't say such a thing. But then I thought, you got to back off this and just, mm. you said yeah. what you said and mm. go away. Yeah, right. Now, I watched her sitting there, and that just seemed like an act of cruelty. Mm. I'm going to go do Michelle Wolfe, I think, a thing in with her. Oh, right. I mm-hmm. think down the line. I think she's fierce, fierce, fierce. And funny, but I was completely uncomfortable. I, I couldn't Were you? Sit, I can't sit there with that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm knowing that these people... Trust me, mm. I think Trump should be in prison. I think Huckabee should be looking for another job and, and go away to a convent for a while or something <laughs> to purify. What the hell are you doing? Yeah, I'm joking about the convent, but let's get your head on straight, girl. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but on a personal level, I just don't... What does it serve to, to to insult people? Yeah. I mean, vote protest, yeah, take make your action. voice yeah. night, uh, known uh, on the issues. But I, watching her sit there, I thought, oh, my God, get up, get out. Yeah, mm. right. You don't have mm-hmm. to sit there. I don't know. Because yeah. on some That's level, good. aren't we all in this? I'm yeah. sorry to sound like going up to the mountaintop <laughs> or whatever, but God, I don't know. Mm. She, she, Wolf was very, uh, she is fierce and fearless. Nice. You know?
3: I was wanting to ask about the uniform. I was lucky to interview Anne Crabtree earlier in the season. so um, She's just beyond. Yeah. She's genius, that one. and Yeah, she gave us all the insights into the thinking of the uniforms, particularly the aunt's uniform. Um,
2: and she meant, do you carry the cattle prod at all times when you're shooting? And... No, no, because sometimes I don't need it. Mm. The circumstances I'm in, I think she's careful about it. Sure. And when I'm inside the house and I'm with Alfred, I know I'm not going to need that. Does that help you get in character, putting on those... Those garbs? Yeah, she, Anne Crabtree is, uh, I don't know how to describe her, except she's a painter. And she spends time, time, time thinking, choosing the colour, for instance, of the commander's wives, mm. that blue, the colours. And then she spends time with you in the costume. She'll video and you walk around and she has different music playing. And she's extraordinary. So, yes tremendously, and it takes time to get that damn thing on. (laughs) You know, you get, how do I do it first? Depending if we're inside or outside, thermals, etc. You know, over the shoes, the boots, go the, again, I can't think of the name, but they go up to here. And they're not really seen because our dresses are long, hmm. but boy, do they make a statement putting it on. Oh. And you zip it up with everything you've got. Usually someone else helps me because it sticks right to the, you know. <laughs> and it does put you right in that place. And Then you put one layer on and then you've got to have the collar and then the thing goes over it. Yeah, it, her, her choices are remarkable.
3: Mm. And, and did you pick up on the hidden genitalia reference you had around the neck? That, that sort of if you look down... She sort of references female genitalia. No, but it doesn't surprise me. She
2: she doesn't miss a thing. She's she's extraordinary. I worked with her before on Masters of Sex. Right. And I almost dreaded the fittings because, first of all, she's extraordinary, but then there's 56,000 dresses that could be right. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? And you would try them all on. Well, you know. But of course, I'm joking. I loved seeing her in the fittings. She's remarkable. Hmm. Absolutely remarkable. And she's so lovely. (laughs) Yeah, she was one of our earlier guests on the show. And yeah, it's fantastic. Fantastic. She really is.
4: A theme running through this season has been motherhood. We've seen June become a mother to baby Nicole. We've seen her teach Serena how to be a mother. And I'm interested to know how you see Aunt Lydia's mothering role to the handmaids. Do you see Aunt Lydia as... Uh, potentially being a mother in her pre-Gilead life, or mothering the handmaids, we, we've definitely seen a, a softer side of her come through in this season, especially around the babies that are born—baby Angela when she gets sick, and
2: and baby Nicole when she comes along too. Yeah, I think she adores them, and I think she does. She she would be the favorite aunt possibly in the family, because all of that defense would just fall. And, you know, the aunts that... I don't mean the aunts in the way we think of in Gilead, but one's own aunt, let us say. Mm. The ones that have a firmness to them, what they do is give you some boundary. And that's important for a child. Not to feel, ah, do anything you want. And a genuine love of those children. So I think a lot of the falls away. Now, I'm obsessed with children, personally, and babies. I, I stopped dead in the street... (laughs) <laughs> Would you mind if I? My children think, like, "Oh my God!" <laughs> but the beauty of children, and I'm past childbearing years, and that was one of the hardest times of my life was coming to a place where I knew I could no longer have a child. It depends on whether one wants children or not. Some people don't, and that's wonderful if you know that about yourself. I was not one of those, so I think if she did bear a child in her early life, she never kept it, it's taken from her, and that there's a longing to care and and guide a young life. So yes, I think she takes that quite seriously. Mm -hmm. And some need a mother more than others. And I see the ones that are, possibly don't film these, but imagine, because these lovely handmaids, they're astonishing, these young girls. They come in, first of all, they're all stunning, one after another, no makeup, no phone. (laughs) Do you know what I'm saying? You just see them in their natural beauty. I don't know them, they never complain, and God knows they could. <laughs> Imagine shooting that scene in the rain. It's freezing. Mm-hmm. Yes. They're standing up there all night. Never a complaint. But you see some of them, and I wonder, what would it be like to, if she were really a handmaid and she's going to need a little support, we're going to go sit by your bed and say, I know. But, you know, you're going, this is going to feel better. You don't know it now. And some of those things were actually, would actually be true. You know, I've had very strict nuns who at the time I couldn't bear I felt they were absolutely picking on me and, yeah, taking me out of basketball practice, I've told this a million times. Thinking, why, you know, and going up to the classroom, what was your job? Sweeping. What, what is that? Okay, well I missed that. Yes, you did, you did miss it. Do it all over again. You have work to do and when you have completed the task, then you go to the next thing. You're not different from anyone else, you're not special. That's a huge life lesson. You see those people that think the world is about them, even on a set. You often see it on a set and not in the crew, never the crew. Actors, you know, we're, we're treated so kindly. Would you like a coffee? Here's your tent. Sit, here's your chair. Don't confuse the issue. Your role, your work in this gets attention, but it is no more important than any member of this crew who's making it possible. So those are fantastic lessons to learn. I think Lydia takes that very seriously. Mm-hmm. How can I help that person be a better person?
3: Famously in season one, Margaret Atwood herself had a little cameo oh. as an aunt. Talk us through that day. And- First of
2: all, she is a brilliant writer, as we know, but Canada, she is a national treasure sure. and she is treated as such, not that she asked for any of it, but the beautiful Canadian crew on Canadian members of the cast, there was a reverence and a, and a, and a deep respect for her. And that is how she was received. It was beautiful. I have goosebumps thinking of it. And I just stayed in the background, first of all, because I'm about to do a scene with her, and oh, my God. (laughs) Does she even think Lydia's on the right foot? (laughs) But we could have a chat, but do I want to have a chat? (laughs) Um, But we did speak, and she is the loveliest. And I've seen her in different circumstances and had a few minutes to chat. She's very funny. She's witty and sharp. I can't say enough about her. And that imagination, are you kidding me? I remember reading Handmaid's Tale and thinking, hmm, Early on, you know, in mm. high school or mm. was it college or something, I remember thinking, why can't I dismiss this? I mean, it was a great read, but in, in addition to that, it left her you thought, she's so prescient. Mm-hmm. She's, did you read, uh, what's her other book, Sweetness? They made a series of it in Toronto. Uh, oh, goodness. Agnes Grace? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. That's, a, whoa. Mm. Haven't
1: okay. seen it. Terrible
2: well, the, the the book, the book is this. I loved it. It's, it's a long, wonderful. I haven't read it either. Oh, wonderful friend, you better get back and get your work done, I, Missy. Yes, okay. <laughs> <Bad> <laughs> Lydia's done. telling you to read that book. Yeah. You read that
1: book. <laughs>
3: Sorry, <Aunt>
2: Lydia. Quite all right. You got one in. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't let her read. Would I? That's true. Yes. Oh, okay, no. Okay, that's exactly. Don't right. even okay. think about it. All right. I'm, I have to go home and no say problem. your prayers. <laughs> Hope for a
1: better day, Missy.
2: <laughs> done.
1: And handmaids aside, you've had a very long career. Obviously. Sorry. Yes. No. 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 That's <laughs> okay. Talk
2: way too much. Yes.
1: I guess finally. What's been the highlights for you?
2: Well, I'm in a very happy place and fortunate place, seriously. The number of very fine actors who are not working, let's get real on that. And here I am. I I'm grateful for it every day. And so to be able to stay the course, whatever the job was, it was a triumph to get it. it didn't matter. You know, it's an episode of Law & Order. Oh. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Which, yes. I, which all of us yes. New yeah. York actors were thrilled. <laughs> and I look back on those experiences wow. with this huge gratitude. Um, when you're starting and someone says, yeah, okay, give her a shot. What? <laughs> <laughs> and then winning the Emmy, that was the thing last year. I'll never get over that as long as I live that experience. Because everything flashes before you. Isn't that funny about the mind and the heart? It can mm-hmm. do it in a split second, can't it? Mm. More things than one at the same time. Thinking of, are you kidding Really? Uh, you know, <laughs> and then thinking you wish everyone could have that moment in their lives, mm. whether you're sweeping that gutter. Come here a minute. That was well done. And thank <laughs> you. <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: And you are unbelievably lovely. I'll never look
3: at on again. <laughs> <laughs> hey, like, I know we're, we're fangirling right here. We are so great. Yeah. Thankful for you. Oh, it's my
2: entire pleasure. You. Thank you for, for asking. Um, I, I appreciate speaking of her. And may Aunt Livia recover and from the stab wounds? Yeah, and the I hope wounds? so. Mm. Mm. That looked pretty bad, didn't it?
3: <laughs> it did. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, she'll bounce back. You yeah, can't she's got a good, Lydia. she's strong. Yeah. She's strong. <laughs> Made a yeah. tough start. I don't know. I hope she's not in a wheelchair. God bless us all. <laughs> no, no, no. If the writers are listening, <laughs> no.
3: <laughs> you got that, person.
4: <laughs> yeah. There
2: uh, dear are Bruce. too many
3: stairs in Gilead. Oh, that's
2: true yeah, that's enough.
3: True. Yeah. Um, no look, thank you it's been
4: my such pleasure I should like
2: having my eyes on Killtt Ah my you, pleasure, Andrew. Good yeah. luck to all of you and thank you for watching the show. <laughs> it's really without you, we don't have a show so thank you
3: so there you have it, and out it was crazy just talking Aunt Lydia with Aunt Lydia herself and we are so grateful. She was so generous with her time over Saturday morning allowing us to come and take over her dining room.
4: I can't believe I missed it. Yeah, sorry about that, Nat. Meeting Anne Dowd makes me slightly less intimidated by Aunt Lydia on screen now. Yes.
1: Yeah, I will find it harder to hate her now. Yeah. <laughs> Watching Aunt Lydia, knowing knowing what Anne's like. <laughs> just wait for season three.
3: Yeah, yeah exactly. She'll, she'll bring it. Yeah. That's why she's up for the Emmy nomination. Speaking of season three, we've got a while to wait. I don't think they've even started shooting it. <laughs> so. Yeah,
1: when is it? Do we have a slated date for yeah. when it will actually be airing
3: again, or anything? I think we're up. Op- no. Okay.
4: <laughs> Damn. Oh yeah, if, if we can assume. I mean, if we go by. The timeline of this season—we're we'll going to production in a couple of months. Mm. I think we got a trailer for season two at the start of the year. So, yeah. and then and then ah. the series started
3: airing in it was um, late April this year. Yeah. if if they stick to a similar timeline, we're not sure yet. We yeah. haven't had that confirmed. Wow, yet. Yeah. Okay. So fans aren't all entirely happy that she's sticking around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. You know, you weren't that thrilled about it, Nat.
0: <laughs> yeah, like I totally understand because I would be devastated actually if she had left Hannah. But that whole finale episode was so leading you towards a thrilling end. So it, it was a bit of a, a letdown when she didn't get in the car. But the ending, though, of when she put the hood on yeah, and the look on her face, it was very sort of Star Wars. Mm. I would like to think it was Jedi, but it felt a little bit more Sith. Sith. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know if that was deliberate or not. Um, but I, I really hope it sort of is giving us a feeling of what season three is going to be like and they'll be fighting and they will be blood. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. And I also liked in the in the finale, which brings me to that whole June v Fred thing, they had a similar look on their face, that whole dead-eyed, you know, that downward face. Mm-hmm. He did it in the council chambers at the response to Serena's oh, right. stunt. Mm. He did kind of that face and then at the end of it, June also did that face and popped the hood. And, oh, right. Yeah, so I just they, the, bring it on. Yeah, it's, it's setting them up for... A fight. And, I mean, part of, you know, we have speculated where she's going to go and I think last week I said, she, what, she's going to be just milling around Gilead behind the vins <laughs> and, <bad> <laughs> <of Gilead> and <laughs> to someone?" Some scraps from Martha's. Living yeah. in a tent in the woods. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, she knows it's that big old abandoned house. But um, <laughs> we saw Fred was willing to shrug off a um, go fuck yourself. Is he willing to shrug off the giving away of a baby? I yeah. think that's probably <laughs> too <laughs> much. Yeah, I think, but uh, too yeah. much
0: power on the line now. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think. Fred will be pretty mad. Yeah, exactly. But they're going to
3: have to have that interaction. I want
1: to know if Fred stays in power. I'm, I'm keen to see how he goes because he's been so pathetic, <laughs> let's be honest. He's mm. not very effectual. Mm. So how is his
3: um, status going to? And how's Lawrence going to come in as well? I think yeah. they're going to be stacked against each other a little bit as well. Yeah, That's I'm interested true. to see
4: um, your suggestion about Dune going to Lawrence's house has gotten me thinking and yes. I really think there's going to be more of a relationship between Commander Lawrence and June mm. and and that some kind of relationship with that household is going to open up an avenue to the resistance for June.
1: Mm. I guess what's interesting is we've seen sort of glimpses of the increments of change that led to the formation of Gilead. I'm interested now to obviously see the small things that lead up to the downfall
3: Yeah, of Gilead. Exactly. Gilead. Mm. Yeah. And I, I want a bit more detail about what him being an architect of the colonies means and... We do well, we don't know anyone in the colonies unless June's mum is still alive, in which case right. we might see Holly again. I really hope she is. Yeah, that'd be great. So who knows? We've got a bit of a weight of the We've got <laughs> Several months we can speculate in, but uh, we're not going to be doing that on the microphones all the time. We we are going to give you guys a bit of a break, but thank you for being with us for Eyes on Gilead this this year. It's been incredible seeing the response to this because this show inspires a lot of feelings, (laughs) strong feelings, (laughs) shall we say, from people and um, we have them. So that's why we're doing this. And it's just really nice to see that it it connects with people who similarly (laughs) feel passionate about this program.
4: I've kind of felt like this... uh, podcast has been group therapy for me.
1: Mm. (laughs) Absolutely. Definitely.
3: So, yeah, I've really enjoyed being a part of it too. Well, thank you, Heidi. Likewise. So, Sana Kadar. Thank you. you. It's been
1: amazing. I've loved it.
3: Haiti Island, thank you. Thanks. Natalie Hambly, thank you very much. Thank you, guys. And uh, I'm Fiona Williams. But, thank uh, you, Fiona. I wasn't fishing at all. <laughs> You've been a wonderful host. <laughs> Amazing. Yes. Thank you for filling in those couple of weeks. That, that was
0: really week. hard, so thank you very much. <laughs> oh, look thank us, you mutual. for not being away again. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank
3: you, thank you. So the plan is, if you'll all have us, we're going to be back for Series 3 next year.
0: And it's so far away. (laughs) What are we going to do? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So There's this big empty part of our TV watching lives now. (laughs) Oh, well. Oh, well. Um, Tell you what you'll do. You'll go to SBS Guide. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect
3: segue. SBS.com.au slash guide where you can go for recommendations of what else to watch as you await the new series of The Handmaid's Tale. If you want to revisit The Handmaid's Tale, you can binge the entire season two at SBS On Demand. And speaking of SBS on demand, there's so much to, to throw Run. yourself oh. into the catalog. <laughs> into the catalog. Um, let's do a quick around the room. What, what would you guys recommend, um, Sana? What's something at SBS on demand people should get into?
1: Um, so I'm still working my way through the first season of Atlanta oh. and loving that
4: Emmy-nominated Atlanta. Yeah, exactly. I'd say check out Counterpart. It's um it's a new series on on demand. Stars J.K. Simmons and it's like a really awesome science fiction.s <laughs> sci-fi thriller espionage drama it's amazing
0: Mm -hmm. that is definitely on my list Natalie what are you recommending and the one that um, I would say people should watch which I loved this year was The Good Fight so The Good Fight season two is still on on demand and highly highly recommend Um, it was one of the few shows I thought that was really speaking to the current Trump era in a way that was clever and witty funny all good things
4: yeah, I love that series too.
3: Mm-hmm. And me, I'm also a bit of a movie girl. So, um, yeah, I can't not just binge a few movies. One I've always would go back to is one of my all time favourites, Paris, Texas. You can watch that American classic at SBS On Demand. Yeah, but uh, so just throw yourself in there and, and watch something great. Another place for recommendations is my other podcast, The Playlist, which I co host with my colleague, Nick Bassine, where we talk about movies and TV shows that are worth your time. If you want to seek us out on Twitter, you can find me at anything but Fifi. Sana, where can we find you? I'm at Sana underscore
1: Qadar, S-A-N-A-Q-A-D-A-R. You're the only one that spells out your name. Because (laughs) it's like no one can ever figure out what's what with my name. It's a hard one.
3: (laughs) Natalie, how can we find you? And spell it out, please, so Sana doesn't get alone.
0: I'm at Natalie Hambly, and my surname is H-A-M-B-L-Y. And Heidi? Not on Twitter. You can
3: reach me at snailmail at
0: SBS. <laughs>
3: hashtag Haiti Island. Yeah, just you hashtag some tweets Island, you locked bag, zero 020. <laughs> um, and, look, thank you again. And thank you to our producer, Dan Barrett, and our audio editor and mixer extraordinaire, Jeremy Wilmot, who lays in the audio and makes us sound better. better than we are in the studio. <laughs> So we look forward to seeing you again for series 3 and in the meantime don't let the bastards grind you down you can hold-